Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with one of my former coaching clients, Joanne Griffin of Arnold and Bird. Joanne is a design and product specialist who cuts her teeth at Not on the High Street and who now empowers design-led souls through product development, graphic design and the odd physical product too. In this episode, we do a deep dive into all things email marketing. So that's growing your list, using opt-ins, marketing your emails like it's your product, and also how to make sure they actually get opened once you've sent them. So let's dive in. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Easing into the new year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that every conversation I'm having at the moment is like, oh, I'm just just sort of getting back into it. <laughs> I know, it takes a while, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. So yeah, we obviously know each other because we worked together sort of the last half of last year, I guess. So obviously I know a fair bit about what you do but listeners maybe don't so do you want to kind of introduce yourself and tell us what you do and your journey so far? Yeah of course so my name's Joanne and I run Arnold and Bird and basically I knew I always wanted to start a business it just took me a little while to know where to begin and so my business is all about, so my why after working with you <laughs> is all about creatively empowering other design-led souls to make their ideas a reality. So that comes in the form of working with creative businesses, retailers, people who like sell on like Etsy and not on the high street to help them with their product development. So giving them ideas and inspiration on how to develop and extend their product range But then I think a lot of my business is really developed from my design skills. I originally studied surface pattern design at university. So I've always had a love of design and pattern and layout. And I've got quite a strong visual aesthetic. So I also had some businesses come to me to sort of like help me with their sort of bespoke graphic design. And that's also led into a bit of bespoke wedding stationery as well. So mainly B2B, but a bit of B2C as well. And I know that when I first started speaking to you last summer, I was at a bit of a crossroads where I thought I'd wanted to be this product-based business uh, Mm -hmm. because I actually used to work at notinthehighstreet.com. It's where I spent over seven years of sort of my my over 10 years of sort of being working in retail and e-commerce. And a lot of my time there was spent working with the sellers, developing their product range and sending trend guides to the 5,000 businesses who sell on the platform. And I'd always thought I'd wanted to be a product-based business, but that sort of, yeah, sort of when I was speaking to you, it sort of actually turned out, no, it wasn't. It's more the bespoke design work, working with people on projects, uh, building those relationships that I really love, really. Mm. And that's so often the way, especially when you're in a job and you think I don't want to do this but actually it's you do want to do this just not for that person (laughs) yeah exactly it's just doing it in a slightly different way and yeah so it's still sort of like it's still growing I've been sort of like working on Arnold and Bird 
more fully for the last year and yeah I think it's constantly evolving so I feel like the sort of product development I think I'm going to evolve that more into offering more um time like maybe days spent with people just brainstorming ideas as well I think that would be really nice and I'm also starting to work run like workshops and events which I love too so yeah it's kind of like exciting journey at the moment definitely and a really nice mix of stuff so you're helping people in lots of different ways and I think that's why your why is so kind of a important but also really fits with what you're doing because it's all, all these different things wouldn't necessarily come together if you're thinking about, right, what can I do? But because it comes from that why of helping design led cells, it's about, it helps you come up with, well, workshops really do fit. Whereas maybe if you were thinking about just doing product-based stuff, it wouldn't have worked that yeah. way. So that's so good to hear. <laughs> yeah, no, it's perfect. <laughs> so where are you up to now? What is kind of your challenge at the moment? So I think for me, it's it's like growing like my outreach, like basically people who like see me, it's growing my audience, it's sort of getting people to find me so that I can then build that know, like and trust factor with them so that, you know, they can start to enjoy or consume like my free content. So I have a podcast called Elevate Your Curiosity and I give lots of design tips and mindset advice on there. So it's sort of getting people in to sort of like listen to the podcast, follow me on Instagram and growing my email list as well. So really definitely growing the email list because I know that that's such a big thing in business, but also that community as well. Mm. And well, they're all really kind of linked because in order to get people on your list, people need to know about you. Um, Yes. So it's it's all very kind of chicken and egg actually a little bit let's kind of break it down and into stages of you already have a current audience you already have people who follow you on Instagram people who listen to the podcast so they're a kind of one pile of people to try and convert more of them to the list and then you've also got the people who don't know you yet and that's a kind of longer tail job of getting them onto mm. the list because you have to kind of get to know them first. So those people who you currently, inverted commas, know are your kind of low-hanging fruit, for want of a better word. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so they're there, but yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, taking the relationships to the next level, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the kind of discrepancy between the numbers you've got on your mailing list and the number that you've got following you on Instagram for example so well my numbers on Instagram are about just over 1,500 at the moment and I think that's a lot of mainly a lot of like creative businesses there yeah it would be great to sort of like convert them over and I think sort of the numbers on my email list that's about 200 because although I've sort of taken steps to do something about it it's sort of something that's sort of just there and I don't really push at the moment but want to so and I think a lot of those people have actually come from Pinterest so the few kind of pins I have put up to sort of like advertise like the couple of lead magnets and free resources I do have so I think yeah it probably is there is I think a job of actually yeah reaching out to cold leads for want of a better word and also yeah the people who already sort of know me as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. yeah and that's perfect that your Instagram is full of people who are your kind of customer rather than people who were there for the product-based stuff but actually that's not really what you want to do now um, quite so much so 
That's the main thing. And also, as you've kind of just mentioned, you've got a good set of opt-ins slash lead magnets, which for people listening who don't know what that is, um, that's generally a, a freebie to get incentivize people to sign up to your list. So you, Joanne, have got some really a good variety. So you've got like a design checklist and some printables and percentage off in the shop and things like that. So everything is set up there. And it's Mm. just making sure that people know about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I worked with you last year to create this brand design and product USP checklist, which basically, yeah, just goes through and asks you so many questions about, yeah, what is your brand all about? What's your design style all about? And what's your product style all about? So it can be work for like bloggers or product based businesses, really. But yeah, it's really just a lot of like questions to and like journal over but then it will help you to like write things like your about page or your product uh, pages as well which I think I know a lot of people can like struggle with when it's like that blank piece of paper and it's like how do I describe this new thing I've got (laughs) so and this is what's interesting is that yeah the opt-in is a really great valuable piece of content and you speaking about it you are very much behind it and really believe in it Mm. but then that's not translating to actually saying that out loud on your other channels and this is what we all do with our email lists and things that they feel quite static so we put the page up we put the sign up box up and then just leave it there (laughs) yeah I know it's like I realized the other day I was just like I haven't even like the new yeah brand uh USP checklist I was like I haven't even created any pins and pinned it to Pinterest Mm. even you know it was just like and that was like probably two months after it had been like launched so it's like yeah Although I knew I had to do that, I suppose it just, yeah, wasn't on the to-do list. It hadn't got done. (laughs) Yeah, it's not ever an urgent thing. It's not a kind of time-specific sort of, you know, whatever. So it's very easy for that to be the thing that slides. So what I would recommend is making that part of your content mix. So that whenever, maybe it's once a month, a good idea of that is if you're sending your, your newsletter monthly, then in the days before you send the newsletter, you maybe mention that you've got this opt-in and then get people onto the onto the list ready to receive that new newsletter. But as long as it's you're mentioning it regularly, not necessarily frequently, but consistently, you have to really, with a newsletter list, market it like you market your product because it mm. is a product, essentially. People have to... There's a barrier to entry with it. People have to give their email address. They have to provide some kind of value for you in order to get that value back so you need to up the ante a little bit and market it almost like you would your products so that means yeah mentioning it and (laughs) making sure people know it's there and talking about it and the good thing is that you can talk about the opt-in as much as you can the newsletter itself however I know your newsletter is also like we did a lot of thinking about that and put a lot of value into it. So actually, I think a lot of the time we can use the opt-in as something to market and that's really great. But what we ultimately want is people on our list who want to receive that letter month after month after month and will engage with it over time almost more than the people who just want a free thing. 
Yeah, so, so I was going to just say that. So it's, it's almost like you market the, say, newsletter or opt-in every, say, couple of weeks, but also so mentioning, because I know when I have talked on Instagram stories and things about the opt-in, people have said, oh, my God, it's so useful. And, you know, I've replied saying, oh, I'm going to download this now. It sounds great. So obviously, if I do talk about it, people are interested, mm. which is which is good. But yeah, I think, like you said as well, like talk about what the value is in the newsletter too so that how yeah I give links to resources and there's a monthly mantra and a letter and and a trend watch as well so yeah sharing like different knowledge there as well and how hopefully you don't just want to sign up for the free thing you want to keep getting the monthly newsletter too Mm -hmm. well and if you're getting people saying that like they're that they're signing up and that they're really enjoying it and it's really useful you should ask them if you can share that as well because that's gonna really help people that it's not just you saying download this free thing because I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. are wary of that now because there's a lot of really rubbish (laughs) really rubbish that it's difficult for people to kind of work out which are going to be the good ones and which are going to be the waste of time so if you can use the social proof of people having already downloaded and worked through it that's even better and that's almost something that you can then kind of automate and if you're send like maybe an automated email a couple of weeks or a couple of days after people first sign up to say how you're getting on with it would love to know if you've got any questions or share share it online or things like that to try and generate those shares and that social proof in a more automated way so it's just ticking along and you're not having to think oh god I need to talk about the newsletter list yeah oh no that's a really good idea actually I think when I first set up my newsletter I had like you know the first welcome email and then a second welcome email but when I sort of like changed everything I sort of didn't do a second one but I think the second one of actually talking about how have you got on with the opt-in and how you're getting on journaling or the whatever it is Mm -hmm. that's a really nice idea because then it sort of like yeah creates that conversation yeah and just actually seeing what's working for people as well yeah yeah and because it's all very well us sitting here like oh we could do this oh people want this people want that but you actually need to hear it from people and if they say yeah. oh I wasn't expecting this or you know maybe even I should have had to pay for this or things like that that you can kind of then start to gauge what is really people are really kind of buying into because it might be that you think the selling point of the opt-in is one thing but then you're getting all this feedback saying it's this other thing and then that's the thing that you can start to push more in your marketing because then maybe it's if you're pushing it's the journaling part of it that's really great but other people are saying oh actually no it was the sitting down and just asking the questions with my partner that was really great then that means you can shift the way that you communicate it as well yeah no that's true no I like that idea I'll definitely do that for sure (laughs) and similarly to that kind of social proof that we're talking about in preparation for this conversation because I was interested I put a quick poll on my stories Mm. yesterday where I asked people whether they're more likely to sign up to a newsletter list if they've seen it recommended or shared and Yeah, it was 86% of people said that, yes, they would. And I had a couple of messages from people saying it would depend on who the recommender was. Yes. Obviously, (laughs) but I think we can, we'll assume that if they see somebody that they follow and they follow them because they kind of trust them, Mm. recommending somebody's newsletter list, a lot of people will sign up off the back of that. So I think that that shareability is something that we never really consider with email because it feels really private it goes into that inbox and then it's done but actually 
it can be a really useful tool for getting more signups if the content of that feels shareable, feels inspiring enough for people to want to, you know, screenshot it and put it on their stories or to tell somebody about it. So looking at your content and where there is room for that to happen. Is there anything off the top of your head that you're thinking might be a good idea for that? Yeah, I'm just just having a think, actually. I mean, I think I could go back to the couple of people who have already said that they found it useful. One, ask for testimonials, and two, ask if they could share it. And I'm just wondering whether, I mean, is it worth almost like maybe sending it to a few people who I would quite like to share it who are not on my email list to, you know, talk about it? Or is that sort of just best to get, obviously, people to sign up? I think with that kind of thing, people who aren't on the list and, you know, aren't your, like, friends, inverted commas, Mm. that's probably a wasted outreach opportunity. There's probably something way better that you could do with them. Yeah, I know. As Um, I was saying, I was like, it's just a silly idea. (laughs) And you also risk that kind of lack of authenticity of people just kind of like, oh, no, I don't actually sign up to that newsletter at all. I just was asked to share it. Um, So... I think that, yes, you ask the people who have already come back to you, but then it's thinking about the content. And so, for example, like your monthly mantra, maybe make that using your design skills something that they can screenshot and use as a phone wallpaper or something. Mm. But that also means they can screenshot it and share it more easily. And you can put your handle on there and stuff. So when it's being shared, people are are seeing your handle and knowing where to come for it and that kind of thing because that's something that you quite often see when people share people's newsletters as they cut out passages that really resonated with them and things like that so thinking about what it is about your newsletter that people would want to share and for mm. me I think it's that mantra because it's quick easy very relatable it's the sort of thing that people will be like oh this just spoke to me this month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to put it out there. And you can also talk about people sharing it underneath. So if you have like, if you make it a nice graphic or even just nice, kind of pull it out slightly in the text, you can kind of say, you know, screenshot this as a wallpaper or screenshot it for your stories and share it. If this is resonating with you this month and take the conversation out of the inbox and onto online, on, on in public on Instagram that is, you know, screenshot this or share it in your stories and tag me and we'll talk about it. Yeah, no, definitely. I always remember you saying, yeah, with like podcasts, don't ask people to subscribe. It's best to ask people to like share with friends Mm -hmm. if they found the content useful. So yeah, taking that same principle and applying it to the newsletter makes sense too. Mm -hmm. Because um, one of the other sort of ideas that I've had with growing my email list, and it's something I need to think about a bit more is by the time I think this podcast comes out, I'll have done the talk, but I'm talking at Enterprise Nation startup event mm-hmm. and I'm doing a 2019 trends presentation. And I was kind of thinking it'd be a bit silly to just not use this presentation <laughs> again after you like have spent all this time. So I was thinking of doing it as like a webinar, but um, I was speaking to someone else last week as well. And they were saying it's, you know, if you're going to do a webinar, you should sort of like tangibly sell something afterwards, which mm-hmm. apart from services, it's not so good to have. But I thought it would be quite a nice way to, you know, market my list, market like my skills, experiences and yeah, expertise that I can share mm-hmm. basically. So yeah, that's a, a funny 
I'm going to say funny attitude. Yeah. I like, totally get, because that's what webinars do. But yeah, also, I know. that sales pitch at the end is the thing that everybody hates about hey. webinars. I know, which is why I kind of felt like, oh, well, you know, if I could, you know, sort of say like, you know, follow my podcast, join, you, you're on my email list now, and yeah, and maybe here's like 10% off if you want to work with me kind of thing. Mm. But it's still, but it's still not, I'm not like selling like this course for 500 pounds, yeah. <laughs> which yeah, you know, I, I hate too. I've watched a lot of those webinars mm. where, you know, you get sucked in and then you're like, yeah, in an email funnel where it's just like putting people on my email list instead of being in that funnel. Mm. Right. And this is the thing that we've got to think about and, and where that, that you have to sell something comment came from is that there's a lot of should do's and kind of made up rules about these things. Mm. It's like, well, if you're doing a webinar, you have to sell something. It's like, peel all that back and actually think, Mm. what do you want out of this? Yeah, whereas I just think I could grow my email list and again, it's sort of sharing that content, but I still get something out of it would be great. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. There's a Forget all the should do's and what other people do in webinars. You've got a piece of content that you can use mm. in some way what is your objective and join those things up and then kind of lose everything else because yes it's what's valuable to you in your business rather than you know what, what's the point in doing a big sales pitch if that's not actually what you want to achieve you want to make sure that people who are who are on that webinar are engaged in you and then go off and talk about it to other people and stay on that list so yeah kind of blinker off those other things and actually just keep really tight and close to what is your objective with that piece of work yeah because I I just thought you know it just sort of seems silly to create content that I don't know how many people will be in the room listening 50 you know 200 Mm -hmm. I'm not sure right now but you know it's like it's all about you know repurposing content is Mm -hmm. never going to be a bad thing so if it's just you know to get yeah, some people on my email list and yeah, extend my like outreach would be great for me at the moment. Mm-hmm. So what I would say as well is maybe mm. don't call it a webinar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because because of all those things, we've all done webinars mm. where which we hated and they are a big sales pitch. And I think it's almost the word has become a byword for sales pitch. So maybe marketing it as a live workshop or something like that that's a nice idea yeah we'll make more people sign up because I think I know I especially am if I see a webinar I think "Mm, that's good but do I want to sit through a load of stuff I already know in order to be told that what I want to learn I have to pay for and that's what I think when I see the word webinar whereas live workshop feels more like what it's going to be which is a presentation and an actual valuable thing no definitely it's just I did also think oh maybe I could like do some like Facebook advertising on it but then it does start looking like the webinar type of thing but yeah maybe if I talk about it differently because I do want it to come across differently to to a webinar you know I don't want it to be like you'll learn five figures in three weeks if you do this like no one likes that (laughs) no well and that's a funny question about the Facebook ads actually because nine times out of ten I would say don't use advertising to build your list because people are just there for whatever it was that you put in the ad. Mm. They don't actually know you or care. <laughs> so that's not that and that's not what you want when you're building an email list. However, if you're using the ads to go to a live workshop where people are gonna be 
absolutely consumed in everything that you talk about and be blown away by all your knowledge and your expertise like that might be all right actually before they get on the list properly they have to have that experience with you which is kind of like a a fast track to getting to know you Mm, yeah exactly that's the kind of my thinking behind Mm. it so okay that's good to know it's just another way I thought I could market my list in a different way using content that will already be there Mm -hmm. well and it's a good outreach opportunity as well I think so talking as we did about the people who aren't on your list but you would like to be or whatever who have good audiences Mm. this is the thing to get them to talk about (laughs) yeah so sort of yeah speaking to like bigger accounts and getting them to share it you mean and yeah yeah yeah, rather than please can you talk about my email list it's I'm doing Mm. a live workshop based on a talk I've done for this conference or whatever it is yeah Um, and it's free it's a live workshop it's just using the content putting it out for people who really need it so they could get it for free would you mind just sharing this graphic and I think that's always a good thing if you're trying to share get people to share something like this actually give them a graphic that's got the right dimensions for stories and things like that so it's easy for them they literally just have to save it to their camera roll and upload it to stories and that's it rather than even think about something to say it's a really easy thing for people to do no definitely okay that's good to know yeah yeah I think I think that seems like yeah a more fitting way for me to yeah share my newsletter and yeah expertise kind of thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it gives up it gives people something without having to ask too much (laughs) or Mm. ask any more at the end of this year life workshop yeah yeah it's just a really nice way for you to be able to put it out into the world and say this is what I do and kind of really make a stand and even just the talking about it is going to set you up as an expert in that space so if somebody can't make the workshop or they find out about it too late or whatever you're then the person who did that workshop on 2019 trends and you're really owning that space because you'll have been marketing it again like you would market a product so no I think that's a really great idea and especially if it's something that you can depending on how you decide to do it technologically if it's something that you can record or keep it's something yeah. you can use over and over again yeah have like a yeah replay or mm. yeah to resend it if yeah. I need to yeah that's something I actually think I still have on my opt-in list but maybe not for long <laughs> but I it was literally over a year ago maybe 16 18 months ago I did a similar thing of a kind of live talk essentially but I did it via YouTube live okay and then that stays on YouTube and then I, I can't remember if it's password protected or I think you basically can't find it if you don't have the link and so the link goes into my my opt-in so people can watch that back so even 18 months after first using it to get an influx of new subscribers it's still there and I can still use that content oh yeah I I know what you're talking about actually I remember clicking on that link when I signed up to your list so yeah it is still there (laughs) there. (laughs) very out of date now so I should probably remove it (laughs) yeah it's good to have it because it's sort of like quite nice like um so obviously I think I don't want to go out and create like a million different opt-ins I think Mm -hmm. that could be a bit confusing but you know once you have like a kind of library of them I suppose they're they're there to exactly 
because I, I mean what do you sort of think about that do you think you know one every sort of quarter or six months or yearly would is a good way to sort of like grow that like knowledge base that you share mm-hmm. yeah I have worked on a sort of quarterly basis with new mm-hmm. opt-ins and things I say sort of because it kind of happened more by accident than by design <laughs> so my view is if you've got an opt-in so say your your checklist the mm. people who already know you who are already in that on your Instagram or whatever if they didn't sign up to it at the beginning they're not going to sign up to it two three four it's just not relevant for them so it's good to refresh them a couple of times a year because not everything you do is going to be for everyone which is kind of the point because if it is then it's just generic and and blah whereas actually if you can have a few more specific opt-ins that are going to be really right for certain elements of your customer then that's going to increase your signups and just give you more things to talk about so you're not kind of hammering the same story for a whole year of sign up to my checklist and you're like we don't want to anymore (laughs) yeah I know okay yeah no that's a good idea yeah I think I'll um I had I had ideas for other ones anyway so yeah I can have a look at creating them because it was was actually quite fun to do it as well it was really fun it was writing out and then doing a nice design of it which I always like doing (laughs) Well, yeah, it's good. I always think it's a good way to kind of process what you do and how you think as well. If you're trying, Mm. it's a way you have to think that you're introducing yourself to somebody based on that opt-in. How do you want them to think about you? How do you want them to feel afterwards? And and really, it's a good chance to do something really practical and useful while also thinking about the kind of feel of your business as well and how you want people to be at the end of that are they ready to purchase or are they ready to do something else or, or you know whatever so I always think yes they're a good exercise and again yeah. it gives you things to talk about because we all sit down to write a caption or think about <laughs> how can I move the needle this month and it's like god what can I talk about and you've got that there as something new to talk about every now and then and that you mm. can especially when you've got more than one opt-in you know, if one month you're talking about the checklist and then next month you're talking about your new one and then you talk about the checklist again, it just means there's a, a more it's a variety. Bit fresher. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And can I just ask as well, what do you feel about like Pinterest with sort of like marketing your list? Do you, I don't know if you've done that or how you found that works for you. Pinterest is something that I have not been very good at doing not for any reason I do think it's really effective and I've actually got I'm doing an episode on Pinterest in a few weeks time because I need to know how to use Pinterest more than anything (laughs) but yes so friends and clients and stuff who I know use Pinterest kind of properly they see huge amounts of traffic coming through I mean when you have volume of traffic you also then hand in hand with that comes low quality traffic so you'll quite often see a high bounce and things like that but Mm. also with high volume you've got a better chance of having people coming through and signing up what I'm not 100% sure with Pinterest is about that kind of personal connection so unlike Instagram where people have to read your words and kind of see you on stories and get to know you a bit more Pinterest is more search engine-y so for me it's almost like clicking on a Google ad, seeing something and signing up, you don't quite have that personal connection with the person. However, it's probably 
better than them seeing an ad and clicking through because they really don't at all have a personal connection with that. Whereas if they've come through Pinterest, they're at least interested in the subject and have taken the time to go and explore a bit deeper. No, definitely. I mean, my highest driver is Pinterest. I think I just started my Pinterest, like, well, when it first started, really, Pinterest, um, I had an account. And yeah, I get like, well, it fluctuates, but there's like 200,000 monthly views. And I know I've got a couple of pins that are quite popular. So it's the kind of thing, though, is is it the right people on my list as well? You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> it's making sure, like, because you can build your list as much as you like but if those people aren't clicking or opening then it's kind of pointless Mm, so that's the only thing that I'm always worried about but I think the compromise with that is if you've got pins that are driving loads and loads of traffic which I presume go to a blog post or something yes yeah then it's making sure that on that blog post there is maybe a sign up box actually embedded in the post or at least a call to action to go and Mm. sign up so that because those people are coming across because they were interested in that blog post content and they've read the blog post. And mm. so there's that little bit more connection there. You know that they're really interested in that topic so you can market the list to them a little bit more easily than somebody who's clicked through to like the free resources page, for example. No, definitely. Yeah, I will. I think I did that a little while ago, but I think the sort of the graphic is a bit old, so I need to update that too. Mm. Oh, so anyway, you start to stop and think about it. There's all the things you need to update, isn't it? <laughs> There's all, and this is the thing with websites, goes slightly off topic, but I was always told by kind of web people that a website should never be finished. It's um, constantly evolving. Constantly evolving and always tweaking it, which is also really annoying because it's one of those things that we want to be able to draw a line under and we think of it as being quite static, but actually you can always go in and, and tweak. I have a, a non-urgent admin list of little <laughs> things like that, like recategorizing and stuff like that, that, you know, if I have a free afternoon or a 10 minute window I can kind of go into that list and be like oh that's something I can tick off to get those jobs done (laughs) (laughs) definitely so do you want to talk about outreach a little bit yes yeah that sounds good yeah I know it's something (laughs) we talked a lot about when we had our um, sessions together and it's something that yeah I'm just sort of starting to do now this year after sort of pitching it out last Mm -hmm, year mm -hmm. and but like we were saying about the Pinterest thing it's where do you want people to find out about you and the list in a Mm. way that they're going to be really engaged rather than quite passive and not really getting it and not really opening and that kind of thing and for me outreach is a really good thing for that because you're there talking about your stories and what you stand for so people who find you in that context are automatically more interested so what have you been doing up to now for it so I mean I have noticed that if I've sort of done more outreach it has that has been how I've grown my like Instagram following and people engage with me because I know when I've sent out some influencer gifts for stationery and when I did my bespoke illustrations I've noticed that that really works so that is something that I do want to start doing more with the bespoke graphic design and just sort of being featured on like bigger accounts, you, I just see the num like the followers increase from that mm. so much for sure. So that's why things like talking at this like Enterprise Nation startup event, I think, is something that's on the list for January. Speaking to you right now, <laughs> and then uh, there's a few other podcasts that 
people have agreed for me to go on to as well. So just slightly different audiences, more some like social media, more like money ones. So yeah, so it's just sort of like constantly having like at least one or two of those a month, you know, and it's something for me to talk about as well. Because I know at the moment, everyone's always like, my God, you're doing so well, you're so busy. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's good to know that people are seeing it that way. (laughs) So yeah, so it is something to talk about too for me. Yeah, no, I think it sounds like you're really on it. (laughs) (laughs) It never feels that way yourself though, does it? No, it never does. But I was kind of like, yeah, well, what's your problem? (laughs) But I think that the monthly thing is a good aim. That was for me last year. It was once a month that I wanted to get a piece of coverage. And I think I more or less did that. Like there were some months I didn't, but somewhere I had maybe two or three. So I think that's always a, a good one to aim for because it's not just each individual piece of outreach that can really work. It's all of them as a whole. As you're kind of saying, people saying to you that you're really busy well, that then starts to plant the seed that, well, if she's on all these different places, then she's obviously got something interesting to say. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, I suppose it's that, yeah, showing that, like, I know what I'm talking about and that other people trust me. So, yeah, like, let's, uh, let's have a chat too. Because I think for me, one of my words this year is community, because I've just found that, when I have reached out, like the workshops I run with two other women have just been so successful. And that's because we started chatting on Instagram and now we're friends Mm. and business, you know, more doing business together in real life. And I've just seen actually the power in that really. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good to hear because I feel like Instagram's really getting a bad rap. Yes. <laughs> it's really it can be really really useful for things like that and and you can take it offline and yeah so that's good to hear but I think yeah it sounds like your outreach plan's really solid and you've got things in the works and it's just remembering what you want people to do from that mm-hmm. opportunity and making sure that you talk about it so you know when people say at the end of a podcast where can people find you and that kind of thing although sometimes I forget to ask people that (laughs) Um, but it's then saying oh you can go to my website where you'll find xyz freebie and you can sign up to my list and everything there and also make the links that you send people send them the link to your sign up page for example to put in the show notes so that when Mm -hmm. people can go straight there and there's no fannying around that's true yeah I know I have sort of I know when I've done a panel discussion last year I was yeah I was just like I didn't mention my podcast mm. I did, you know all of these things that like provide people with good value and yeah I just you forget to talk about them in the moment <laughs> it's so easy but yeah I suppose having the the what are my call to actions isn't it it's mm-hmm. the like podcast and the newsletter <laughs> yeah and and that's and that's what you've got to refine down because sometimes you hear people like i'm on instagram i'm on pinterest i've got a podcast yeah. i've got a blog i've got this it's like <laughs> too what, much what are the things that you want people to do join your Definitely. list so like lead with that and just kind of say and then you can you can find me i find everything from your, my website which people can so yes. when you follow you on instagram <laughs> they can find it on your website so um <laughs> Yeah, make sure you're telling people and leading them where you want them to go because otherwise they just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's I'm the same, so I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, our attention spans are a lot shorter now with all the information we consume. So, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, was there, did you have any kind of questions about outreach? Or are you sort of just happy 
no plan. yeah I think I'm happier with that at the moment so yeah I think um I mean working with you one-to-one uh, just gave me like really good tips it refined down yeah how I pitch and who I should talk to so yeah I think um yeah basically listen to Kate on outreach that's <laughs> what she's talking about <laughs> good um so actually before we we wrap up we should probably talk a little bit about because we've talked about getting people onto your list but obviously you already have people on your list so how are you finding that the emails you're sending are performing and whether there's anything that we can kind of shift a little bit there yeah so basically when I send out my monthly newsletter I send out four basically because (laughs) (laughs) because I'm on MailChimp and I've got one list and then I've got segments in that and really, it should be three segments. But because when I first set up the what to opt into, it was before like people had to click. So you could just sort of like join without having selecting what you wanted to hear about. So basically two of the same email, they just go to two small, you know, one sort of slightly smaller list. Those two go about everything. One is about products. So my stationery and wedding stationery. One is just product development and trends. And the other one is all of it. So the open rates, uh, so my welcome message is really good. That's like 73% and 45% clicks. But the newsletters are definitely a bit lower. They're sort of like the highest is around sort of like 37%, but the product one is the lowest at 15. So yeah, you can sort of tell, I suppose, why people sign up to my list. It's more the services I offer mm. than the products. So, Which is good. Um, yes, exactly. And I think that you're with product based businesses you're always going to get lower opens and clicks because it's not like information I feel with services it's very people click because they want to they're always looking for something else that they can do whereas if somebody signed up to a product-based business I don't need to read that right now because I don't have any money or somebody to buy for or whatever so I think if you look at the MailChimp they kind of give the averages retailers always way way lower but yeah, it, that doesn't sound really bad, though. I think I've never, in all the businesses I've worked in, people I've worked with, I've never seen anyone get 100% open rate. And yeah. People really, I, I was speaking to my friend about it, and she was like, oh, <laughs> she was striving for 100%, and you're just never, ever going to get 100%. Um, no. So hey, if you're listening, don't try and get that. So it kind of comes down a little bit to things. For opens, it's your subject line. So what do you kind of do for your subject lines? So I think my last one was something like fancy meeting up or want to hang out I I can't remember I could try and find it Mm -hmm. because it was more about like the events I was doing so um, yeah want to meet up in the new year it was so it was about yeah the startup event my sort of design-led social get-together in March in Milton Keynes and the workshops I'm running as well so so yeah I tried to keep it sort of a bit more conversational but you know I want to give people an incentive so my belief with subject lines is that the more clever and witty that you go the more it feels like it's going to be a hard sell inside (laughs) because that's what people are used to they're used to seeing those oh well subject lines and inside it's a sales pitch and also I'm believe in being very literal 
with subject lines because as you said we've talked about people have got short attention spans they're flitting between one thing to another and they actually just want to know if this thing is going to be worth their three seconds to open it so if you could be very literal this is what this is about so for mine for example i always put in the subject line what the theme of the letter is and then yeah. like another inspiration but one thing that you can do as well in MailChimp is a b test subject lines yeah if anybody doesn't know what that is that you can it's a setting when you go to send your MailChimp campaign you can click a b test and it will send you can put in two different versions of a subject line it will send it to a small portion of your list and then work out which subject line does better and then send it to the rest of your list with that subject line and that just gives you a little bit of insight so say if you wanted to test well if I do a very literal subject line or I do a very fancy pants one which one gets more opens then you can test it like that but with this kind of thing it's it is that that testing seeing what does better but also just making sure that you're consistent with your content and consistent with your sending as well you'll start to see that people if you kind of send it monthly and then you have a massive break then the one that you send next is going to be lower because it's either not actually reaching people's inboxes or it's not um they've just forgotten about who you even were and all that kind of thing and that's a good point actually about junk so if you put a fair amount of images in that will always send it to junk and some people's emails do just go to junk I know mine go to my emails go to my own junk (laughs) oh well yeah Um, so that's something that I always do is to kind of either put it in the email itself and also in places like Instagram of check your junk the emails there because the more you can get people moving it out of junk and still opening it the more that the email powers will know (laughs) that it's a good email yeah and do you think if I've sent an email say and 25% have opened it do you think it's worth resending two weeks later with a different subject line to the non-opens because I know that's something you can do in MailChimp too that might be something that's interesting to test if I were you what I want to get too bogged down in because you're already sending four emails (laughs) is then doubling that every month as well that is kind of like a b testing but then you're almost getting to a point where like I know this half of my list likes this kind of subject I don't know this half likes this and is that actually gonna really help you but definitely test it and see which is which is getting better okay yeah I will try that too but yeah and then it's just yeah making sure that the content is always consistently good enough that people think oh I will actually open this one because the last one was good and the last one was good and making that shareable so that people can see it and that you get more signups and then those people are more likely to open it because they signed up because it was a good they liked what they saw rather than they just decided to (laughs) yeah no definitely I think yeah being much more literal in my subject lines making things easy to share in the content and yeah providing lots of value is Mm -hmm. yeah and just keeping that consistent it's yeah definitely it would just take time and then yeah hopefully with the other things like the live workshop on trends we'll just and working with outreach we'll yeah just grow Mm -hmm. that list more now yeah you've got kind of those two different things you've got them the sort of baseline stuff of making sure it's good making sure Mm. it's consistent making sure it's shareable and then on top of that you've got the more kind of campaign based stuff where you can talk about the workshop or then you can talk about a new opt-in or you can talk about this talk about that you can always kind of talk about oh I've got this I've got that this is the newsletter it's great but then you know in marketing that live workshop you're marketing the list without 
banging on about it. So yeah, it's kind of thinking of those two things and how can I talk about the newsletter in a way that's different and interesting this month? Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> sure. Good. So are you kind of happy? Kind of got a plan? Yeah, no, there's lots to think about there and lots to do, which is always good. (laughs) (laughs) So I think our last question is, how do you grow a soul in your work and life? Yeah, so I love this question. I always find everyone's answers are so different, but I, I, I will, and I always like relate to each one in a different way, which is nice. <laughs> so, but for me, it's listening to my intuition. So you're really in tune with that little voice in your gut instead of that noisy everyday chatter that can be quite negative sometimes. Because I think when I do listen to my intuition. So I just feel so much more aligned with my goals and where I'm going. And I just make sort of better, sometimes scarier business decisions, but that do pay off. It's like, you know, when I last year, I was like, I need some help. I literally your podcast had just come out. I was like, I just emailed you and I was like, (laughs) I can work with me now. And that was obviously really helpful. You know, I could have said no to doing these talks, but I was like, no, you can stand up in front of people and do it. So, you know, it's just, yeah, there's a book called The Surrender Experiment, actually. And it's sort of, it says, um, listen to what the universe is saying and nudging you instead of what your personal likes and dislikes in your mm. mind is. So for me, yeah, it's all about that intuition for sure. Yeah, that's such a good one. That, that was something I had last year about going to an event my first kind of instinct was oh I don't want to do that but then actually mm-hmm. I was like no I do like I, my gut wants to go but all my kind of <laughs> you had to I want to meet people was kind of, kind of shouting louder so that that's such a good one so where can people find you if they want to sign up to your list or join the live <laughs> workshop whenever it happens <laughs> yeah it probably it will be around I think the beginning of February actually so this could be to good timing so so yeah my website is arnoldandbird.com and that's a-n-d not the ampersand mm-hmm. it's the same for instagram arnold and bird I have a podcast called Elevate Your Curiosity and that's on Spotify, Stitcher and iTunes. So if you search that, I share trends. uh, So like Valentine's Day and Mother's Day trends. Uh, We share Christmas trends soon, product development advice, and I do a bit of mindset stuff. So yeah, listen to that. It's great for, yeah, like creative product, service-based businesses to get a bit of inspiration from as well. Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Joanne, and sharing. Thanks for having me, Kate. All the links that we mentioned will be on my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Joanne on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at Arnold and Bird. As always, if you think you have a friend who would really benefit from listening to this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening and tag me in it if you're sharing online. And until next time, I hope you grow a song.